World peas and birds and bees. It's Rhyme and Reason 807. Hey there, Tony here, and I want you to know right off the bat, if I'm elected, I'll do my very best to restore world peas and bring harmony to every household. Because, come on, people, can't we all just get along? I mean, after all, we're one race, so that's a great starting point, right? And speaking of world peas and hominy, let's talk about how segregation can be a useful tool. That shouldn't offend anybody, right? Hello? Hello? Hey, I'm talking about the law. And since we're a nation of laws, I'll put that in air quotes, that's a good one. I'm sure you've heard of Mendel's Law of Genetics, right? It's also sometimes called The law of segregation? (gasps) What? Yeah, it's got nothing to do with race. It's all about your gene makeup. No, maybe it's not Maybelline, but anyway. It's about my gene makeup, too, and I don't wear makeup. Johann Mendel was the guy behind the science behind the law of segregation. That's a lot of things to get behind there. Anyway, when Mendel, or Mendel, was a boy, he learned... The art of grafting. Yes, it's an art and a science. And he, he learned that by working in the orchards of his father's landlord. And that knowledge actually served him very well, got him through most of his education. But when it seemed like he wouldn't be able to continue his education, his physics teacher recommended that he enter the monastery. You know, like most teachers will tell their students nowadays. You know, you can't go further because you can't really afford it. Maybe you should consider going into the monastery. And there you could be able to, you know, finish your studies. Teachers do that all the time nowadays, right? Well, that's what they did with uh, Johann. And he later became an Augustinian monk. And that's not named after the month of August, by the way. Even though it says Augustinian, which sounds like August, and monk, which kind of sounds like month, But it has nothing to do with August, the month. It's an Augustinian monk because he was a monk who followed Augustine. It's all so complicated. Anyway, Johann was given the name Gregor. Yeah, I I just can't say I like either one of those. Johann, Gregor. Anyway, Gregor, or Gregor, showed just how important even little peas can be. Just in case you hadn't picked up on it already, I was saying world peace, not world peace. World peace. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, between 1856 and 1863, Gregor, or Gregor, cultivated around 29,000 pea plants, and he discovered that different combinations of genes can be formed through the generations. You know, so you're you have that many pea plants, you can go through a lot more generations more quickly. But here's the clincher. New genes are never formed. In other words, he could never graft any pea genes and get corn or beans. He just couldn't do it. He always got peas. Whatever they turned out, however, you know, whatever look and feel they had, they were still peas. But yeah, it's no big deal, right? I mean, who cares? Why is that important? Well, It confirms the many verses in the Bible. There's that, where God says, according to its kind. Mm -hmm. 
we still have that as a reference in science. You know, plants have their kind. It also says, or after its kind. It says that in the Bible, too. I mean, that's a little detail. But anyway, it also illustrates this um, gene, new genes not being formed. It illustrates how God's amazing creativity provides a ton of variation within each species. You get all kinds of dogs, but they're still dogs. And you get all kinds of peas, but they're still peas. He gave each species and each plant all that. He gave it its own genetic code. So a duck will never be a deer. Gosh, somebody ought to say that in a song. It's got it's catchy. It's alliterative, isn't it? Ooh, oh, man. A duck becomes a deer. Yeah, right. Somebody ought to say that in a song. Sing that. Yeah, well, anyway. And a bug will never be a bird, and a monkey will never be a man. Should I go on? No, it's never going to happen. Not even if some man monkeys around with genetics, you're not going to get a man from a monkey. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe God doesn't exist. I'd have to be a fool to actually make that claim. But, okay, for the sake of stupid argument, let's say that God doesn't exist. And if that's true, and it's not, and it's all a moot point, and we'll probably never have world peace and harmony. But what if I'm right? I mean, you think it's wrong to talk of only one way. Live and let live is something you always say. How could there be a God who no one can see? When bad things happen, you say, where can he be? You want some proof, maybe a word or a sign, that our existence could be all by design? I say the proof is in the feel of a song, but it's invisible, so you say I'm wrong. But what if I'm right? What if it's true, all of these things I've been saying to you? What if you die and it's not the end? What if your life is nothing you can defend? You think I'm wrong, that I don't walk in the light. But what if I'm right? So many people living inside a dream, making a choice that even God won't redeem. I say choose Jesus because this life's not long. You say it's nonsense and you tell me I'm wrong. But what if I'm right? Okay, I'll leave you with that thought, with that cliffhanger. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhyme and Reason podcast, as always, brought to you by TonyFunderberg.com, maker of fine rhymes and reasons, vintage rhymes and reasons, and all kinds of stuff in between. And, And remember, as I always say, or... As often as possible, life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're here. Give it time and see.